Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Classes of Mail. My name is Alan Gigax, and today we are going to talk about office duties, what you're supposed to do in the office in the morning and what you're supposed to do in the office in the evening. And this is getting back to our primary mission of this podcast, which is to make yourself discipline-proof. There is no set time for how long you should take in the office. No set time in the morning, no set time in the evening, no matter what management tells you. There is this mandate going around the country, you hear about it all over the place, of a one-hour morning office time, and that is complete fiction. That does not exist. That is not a real standard. Management will try to talk to you like it's a standard. It is not. And the same thing goes for the PM office time. Oh, it should take you no more than five minutes in the PM or 10 minutes in the PM, whatever it is. That is also completely fictional. And at least in theory, you cannot be disciplined for failing to meet those times because they're not real times. They're bogus. So what are you supposed to do? in the office in the morning? And what are you supposed to do in the office in the evening? Well, the good news is we have a document that explains all of those things, and it's called the M41. That is the official rule book for how you're supposed to deliver the mail, and it goes over all the things you have to do in the office before and after delivering your route. This is the controlling document. This is what determines everything that you're supposed to do And in cases where there is a time limit, it goes over how long those things are supposed to take you. And this was agreed upon by management and the union. So for management now to go and say, oh, you should only take this amount of time, they're contravening what they've already agreed to in the M41. So management should not be able to discipline you for exceeding their bogus times. If they tell you, oh, your leave time today is is 8.42 a.m. and you leave at 8.55 a.m., there's no discipline there. You didn't do anything wrong. You just didn't meet their bogus time. Who cares? That time's bogus. What they can discipline you for as far as time goes, they can discipline you for time-wasting practices. If you're doing something that intentionally or even unintentionally wastes time, and they tell you about it, and you keep doing it. Like I always used in the academy, a stupid example of like, maybe you have this OCD, and so every time you go to case the letter, you got to tap it on the case ledge three times before it goes in. That would be a time-wasting practice. And if you keep doing it, management could discipline you for that. They can discipline you for unsatisfactory effort. If you just lean it against the case and you know not doing anything, yeah, they can discipline you for that. And they can discipline you for failure to follow instructions as long as those instructions are valid. And frankly, they can discipline you for anything they want. I mean, let's be real here. They can, but that's what your union is for. So if management chooses to discipline you, we have defenses. If they discipline you for a time-wasting practice, you know, maybe our defenses, the union is going to be that that doesn't really waste time. There's an important reason that it's being done. Or maybe if it is like legitimately OCD, that's a disability and you know you should be accommodated for that. If they discipline you for unsatisfactory effort, it's subjective. How are they supposed to say that that's unsatisfactory? What is satisfactory? And as far as failing to follow instructions, we already have these general caveats built in where you do have to follow their instructions as long as they are... Or, but you don't have to follow their instruction if it's uh, illegal, unsafe, or unethical. And I want to add one more to that, impossible. So if they instruct you to case all your mail and get out in the street 
in 22 minutes, that's not a valid instruction because that's not something that you physically can do. So the union is there to push back against those invalid instructions and telling you you have to leave by this time. That is an invalid invalid instruction. So when it's time to defend you against that, the union is going to use the M41. So if you're interested in being discipline proof, which is what this podcast is all about, then it's worthwhile to know what is in the M41. So we're going to go over it. We'll start with the AM office duties. These are things you're supposed to do in the AM. They may not be done in this specific order. It may vary from station to station. And where there's broad changes, I'll talk about it. But generally, the first thing you're going to do is clock in. Of course, you have to do that in order to start working. It's worth noting, please don't work before you clock in. First of all, that's stupid. If you're interested in doing work and not getting paid for it, I got some yard work that needs doing. You can come and do that. Otherwise, don't work until you're actually on the clock. Next, you're supposed to do a full vehicle check. And that means, you know, check all the lights, partner up with a buddy, check your headlights, check your parking brake, all those different things that are on that form for the full vehicle check. And then if you need to, you'll also fill out the form 4565, the vehicle repair tag, and turn that in to get your vehicle fixed. You may have a morning stand-up talk where management is going to talk for a few minutes and tell you whatever the safety issue is or whatever it is they want to talk about. At my station, because I'm also an alternate union steward, I have been talking during that time as well. And I try to educate my fellow carriers, make sure they know their rights, keep them up to date on things that are going on, stuff like that. Uh, And that all takes place during that stand-up talk. And of course, all these things take time. Uh, Next... So I keep saying next, again, it's not necessarily going to be in this order. This is just the next thing I'm going to talk about. Next, you're going to get mail from the throwback case. And maybe you'll also pull mail from like a flat distribution area. We have these, these brown like um, drawers that have our bundled flats in them. So we'll pull mail out of there. You're going to withdraw all of your mail. Or you're going to unstrap all of your mail to get it ready for casing. Uh, you're going to process your vacation holds. You know, uh, make sure like who has mail that has to be delivered today, or maybe you have a premium forward that has to be bundled up and sent out for delivery. All that stuff is done on office time. You'll get your accountables. You go either to the accountables cage or in some stations, the accountables come to you. That's always really nice when that happens. But that includes things like your keys, express mail, postage due, stuff like that. And then the M41 allows for you to actually write up 3849s for the things that will need a signature and case them in. You can write the addresses on the 3849s and case them in. If that's something that you want to do, again, it's covered in the M41. It all takes time. It all just adds to the time that you are allotted in the morning for the work that you have to do. And then, of course, casing. Right, That should be normally the biggest chunk of time is just casing your mail. And there is actually a speed standard for casing. As far as I know, it's the only speed standard that exists for letter carriers. And that standard is 18 and 8. You have to be able to case 18 letters in one minute. And you have to be able to case 8 flats in one minute. And it's a pretty achievable standard. It's a standard that's set low enough that 100% of carriers are supposed to be able to reach that standard. And I know at my station, I mean, I may not even get 18 letters in a day. So that's just one minute of letters. And casing eight flats in a minute, it's pretty easy. 
But if you can't case at that speed, maybe there's a good reason. Because you are supposed to be given a reasonable amount of time to learn a route. And that's that wording, reasonable amount of time, is right out of the contract. It's in the contract section uh, 41.3.F. You know, what is reasonable is subjective. But I know for you CCAs out there, like they say, hey, you were on that route two weeks ago. You should be able to get it up and out of here, no problem. Now, that's not a reasonable amount of time. It's often considered like 30 days, like 30 delivery days to learn a route or at least a few weeks, something like that. But it's going to be different from carrier to carrier and it's going to be reasonable. Again, 18 and 8 is the only speed standard we have that I'm aware of. Uh, if there's some other speed standard, um, by all means, send it to me, classesandmail at gmail.com, along with the citation so that I know where that's coming from. All right, moving on. After casing. Um, you have to process your carrier endorsed mail while you're casing. You're going to see pieces of mail that are attempted, not known that are vacant, that are UTF, you know, whatever they might be. You set those aside while you're casing, and then they're going to have to go to the carrier endorsed rack or to the hot case. And, you know, they, every one of those pieces has their home. And so marking them up and taking them to their home, all of that takes time. For more on carrier endorsed mail, you can see episode three, season one of the Classes of Mail podcast. I hear it's great. Uh, you'll have to process your change of address cards, though. So if you get those white stickers in those thirty nine eighty two labels, then you have to put them on your pink card, your thirty nine eighty two form. That takes time, but that's something that has to be done. That's a critical part of route maintenance. With your parcels, you have to go and retrieve your spurs, your small parcels and rolls, and you are allowed to case them. That, again, is something that is covered in the M41 that, yes, you case your spurs just like you would case flats. And, you know, how much you case is kind of up to you. Not everything is appropriate to case, but you are allowed to case your spurs on office time. And, again, just another thing that adds to your office time. You're also supposed to look through your parcels for mail that has special services, for parcels that have special services, like insured mail that's going to need a signature, uh, signature confirmation mail, or international registered, anything that's going to need special processing. And again, that's on office time. So if they say, like, don't touch your parcels at all on office time, well, that violates the M41. So that violates the contract, and there should be a grievance filed against that. You get an office break, a 10-minute office break. Not all stations do that. In my local, both of, our both of our breaks are taken on the street. But if your break is taken in the station, that's 10 minutes, and that's done on office time. So, again, all of that adds up. You get your personal needs. And this also, again, all this is in the M41. You get up to five minutes to get your rain gear, get your coat, things like that, so that you can get ready to head out onto the street. You also have to inform management. If you're going to need more than eight hours to complete your route, you have to tell them verbally, hey, I'm going to need overtime. They give you a 3996. You fill out that 3996. All of that takes time, and that's all done on office time. And then finally, before you leave, use the restroom. It is perfectly reasonable to use the restroom before leaving for the street. That's good, good policy as far as I'm concerned. And then finally, you can wash up before you leave for the street. And that would be in your local memorandum of understanding, your LMOU. Uh, that's not the case in all locals, but some locals do have that, where you get 
uh, contractual wash-up time before you leave for the street. So those are all the things that you'll do in the office in the morning. And then there may be other things that come up from time to time that also add to that office time. So how long does all of that take? I don't know. I don't know how long it takes. And you know what? Neither does management. They don't know how long that takes. They have their tool, their DOIS or PET or whatever they're using these days to try to predict your office times, but it's just a tool. The ultimate determinant of how long you need in the office is how long it takes you. And as long as you're not doing those time-wasting practices, it takes what it takes. All right, so now let's move on to PM office duties. When you come back, this also is covered in the M41, sections 42 through 43. And I recommend you go read them for yourself and see all this stuff, but I will tell you about it here. So 42 tells you to process your outgoing mail. This is done on office time. After you've clocked into the office, then all of the outgoing mail that you picked up throughout the day, all your parcels, your letters, your flats, all that stuff, that all gets processed on office time. And I'll tell you, we have some business routes at my station that pick up you know, hundreds of parcels, and are they going to be able to get all that done in five minutes? Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. So it takes what it takes, and it is done on office time. Uh, number 43 in the M41 is you clear your accountables, all of your keys, you know, turn in your keys, your registered mail, your express, stuff like that. All of that gets done on office time in the evening. And if you don't have an accountables clerk in the evening, that is probably a grievance that should be filed because somebody has to clear that stuff so that you're not held responsible for it anymore. Uh, 44 says to process your undelivered mail, like your undeliverable is addressed, you know, your attempted not knowns, uh, your forwards, things like that that you couldn't deliver, your vacation holds, those are going to get tucked back in wherever they go, stuff like that. Again, that's all done on office time. And in the M41, it actually says that your markups of your undeliverable is addressed mail can all be done in the office. I prefer to do it out on the street as I'm just going along and I put everything in its home. I've talked about that before in the episode on organization. But if you do that in the office, that is reasonable. Because like, as you are well aware, we no longer have the COA update feature on our scanners where we could just look up to see if somebody has a Ford or not. So you get this piece of mail that was undeliverable. How are you supposed to know whether it's attempted not known or a forward? Well, you're supposed to bring it back to your case, pull out those pink cards, and look it up. And that is all done on office time. How are you supposed to do that if you only have five minutes? It's madness. So another thing that you'll do if you need to is fill out a 1571, the undelivered mail report, where if you brought back mail that was undelivered, let's say management had you curtail some of your ads because you were be, uh, they wanted you to get less overtime or finish an aid or whatever. So they say, don't deliver the rest of their ads. Well, anything you don't deliver, you need to fill out that 1571 and then make sure management signs off for signs off on it so that you are covered and you don't get dinged for delay of the mail. That's also the 1571 is covered in episode six of season one. I hear it's great. Go give it a listen. And then finally you get wash up time and this is in the contract. You get reasonable wash-up time because we're doing dirty work, and that is done on the clock. So all of those things, can those be done in five minutes? Maybe. I've certainly had days where it was just super easy. I just drop, drop, drop. I wash up. I get out of there. No problem. 
But how long does it all take? I don't know. And management doesn't know either. So if they try to bust you for that, oh, you only get five minutes, you got to get out of here. That's a grievance. You're allowed to do these certain things in the evening, in the office, and knowing what you're actually allowed to do and where you can cite that. It's just one more thing to help make you discipline proof. All right. That wraps it up for today. That was a nice, easy one. People have been asking me to talk about AM and PM office duties, so there it is. If you have other topics that you want to see addressed, uh, feel free to drop me a line, classesofmail at gmail.com, and I will catch you guys next time.